Everyday listeners of this show know that we love advanced analytics, but to a lot of people, scouting is just as important. And so I brought on an expert, Lee Lowenfish, to talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, freelance baseball writer, editor-in-chief of Bravestoday.com. Thank you for making this your first listen. Every single day, we're proudly part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is made possible by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. We've leaned heavily into the advanced analytics in this show. We now have StatCast data for AAA, and so we talk about a lot of, uh, you know, whether it's velocity, spin rates, uh, CSW, a lot of different advanced things. But I feel like sometimes we miss the perspective of what scouting can give you. I brought on an expert, Lee Lowenfish, to talk about it. Enjoy. Welcome back to Locked on MLB Prospects. We are joined by Lee Lowenfish, author and baseball historian. Just came out with a brand new book, Baseball's Endangered Species, Inside the Craft of Scouting by Those Who Lived It. Lee, thanks for joining the show. And quick question to kind of open this up, because obviously a lot of modern baseball now, we talk a lot of prospects on this show, and a lot of it is everybody's asking about the analytics. Everybody's asking about uh, how much run that slider had or how, you know, or or things like that. But scouting has really been kind of the core of player development for a long time. What's the, what's the proper relationship between scouting and analytics when it comes to player development? There's a a vital importance of the eyes and ears scout. Uh, Mm -hmm. This book, this new book, Baseball's Endangered Species, is an outgrowth of my biography of Branch Rickey that came out a few years ago. And, you know, Rickey built the farm system and the tryout camp to develop players. I mean, all the the roots go back to Branch Rickey. And uh, first with the Cardinals, actually with the St. Louis Browns before the Cardinals, and then the Dodgers. And while he wasn't successful while he was running the Pirates, he laid the uh, the, the groundwork with the Dick Groats and the Elroyd Faces and the Skinners and, of course, the Clementes while he was there. And uh, so the relation, uh, as uh, Fresco Tom Thompson, who was one of the ones who who uh, succeeded him in Brooklyn, you know, said that scouting and player development have to go hand in hand. And it's not often you find somebody who can do both, but the success of any organization is scouts and player developers have to be on the same stage. And if if Ricky were alive and he died giving a speech on courage, spiritual and physical, which was sort of his life story, Mm -hmm. uh, that was 1965. I always think about what he would see today. And I'm sorry he didn't live to see sports management programs because he he would probably get <laughs> offers from 25 of them and would accept 22 of them. But I mean, I'm sure he would he would love to learn new things. Uh, he was once asked, you know, you know, how how much of baseball do you really know? And he said, at most, 55 percent. You mentioned 
some some organizations that do a really good job of blending scouting and player development. When you watch baseball now, do you think of like what what teams do you think of and organizations as it feels like they're doing a really good job at preserving uh, the scouting aspect and then like they're working hand in hand with the player development? Well, I think the Yankees have developed a lot of a lot of good players, but of mm-hmm. course they've had the advantage uh, of the market and the the you know the millions going back to the days of Rupert and now with with Steinbrenner. I mean, Houston uh, certainly developed those pitchers, a lot of them in Latin America. And while uh, it was the organization that concocted that scheme in 2017 that that uh, caused the, the a lot of people to be suspended, mm-hmm. uh, but they've brought back scouts, so you have to give. You have to give Houston some props, and um, and the Dodgers, the Dodgers and the Braves. So, you know, I have the uh, uh, Paul Snyder, who I call in call in the book. You know, one of baseball's monogamous because his whole career was with the Braves, and beginning when he was a minor league f- uh, first baseman, all the way to becoming scouting director and and just the champion of all the area scouts. So you'd have to say Braves, Dodgers. Cardinals too, but of course that goes back. You know, you can't underestimate the Ricky influence in the Cardinals uh, back there. You know, from the twenties, his team, uh, the Gashouse Gang, uh, the twenty-six and forty-two, uh, the twenty-six and forty-two teams mm-hmm. are, are the only teams to beat the Yankees during their their uh, uh, the Yankee dynasty. So you got to look to what the Cardinals. Uh, uh, laid down and when as i said before ricky laid the groundwork with the with pittsburgh and howie hake who uh h-a-a-k who he had as a catcher at rochester in the 1930s when it was the cardinal form team. hake was the one that put the uh heads up on clemente when he was being hidden by the dodgers hake only knew four words of spanish run fast throw hard <laughs> And, and, you know, it's interesting. Somebody sent me yesterday, uh, Greg Peterson, a wonderful collector of old tapes and, uh, and uh, kept Tiger's farm team going for decades in Jamestown, New York. He sent me a 90, a three-minute Branch Rickey tape from probably the 50s where he was talking precisely about this, running fast, throwing hard, and that sixth tool which is so important and which analytics has not dealt with, which is makeup. And I, that's a big theme in my book. It's been a theme in all my writing. I, I, I did the book with Tom Seaver on pitching, mm-hmm. and, and he always talked about you've got to know when you throw a good pitch and you have to tip the cap to the opponent for being better on that pitch. you got, you got to know when you've thrown a lousy pitch, but you get lucky and you get an out. Mm-hmm. And that's why pitching – is so important and and it's it does require more intellect than than most positions and and the great thing about Ricky and all the player developers is that they've looked not just at the physicality but they've looked at the mentality and as Joe McElvain who ran the the Met form system and the Mets until his skill sets were not uh, uh, liked by the Wilpons he used to say that the, the the only three things that matter are cabeza, cortisone, 
and you know cojones and 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 but how they work together is right. the key and you can't have you got to have all three uh, and it's very hard but that's the other stress that i've made in the book and everything i've ever writ- uh, written about baseball it's why i love it more than other sports it's there's failure all around you and the pitcher especially he it's the only sport where the defense has the ball and and so and every pitch he's got to know what he's doing and uh it, it's it's dramatic as and but and exciting and um uh and it will keeps me going and, and interested uh and as long as i can breeze i will be Back to our conversation with Lee in just a minute. But first, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite event should not be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of not only the sports, but comedy, music, and theater stuff near you. You can get killer deals on last-minute tickets and the best pr- with the best price guarantee, you don't stress out over trying to buy tickets, getting gouged, and you can just enjoy the event. Uh, so, like, you don't have to plan months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. And the Game Time guarantee, if you find tickets in the same section and row for less than what you paid on Game Time, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. So, snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account. Use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms and conditions do apply, but again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Talking about makeup, that it, it really makes me think about the way a lot of people do modern scouting where you're looking at analytics, you're looking at data, you're maybe watching a player on, on video to to try to determine their fit for for the big leagues or for getting drafted for being signed as a free agent and it 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 feels like that sixth tool that makeup is the only one of those that not only is hard to quantify but is practically impossible to quantify without being there in person to view the player would that be an accurate assessment or do you think you can get some idea of makeup from from video and 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 other visual means without having to actually meet the player and be in person. You have to meet the player. I mean, uh, it's, it, and it, it, to me, it's this example of being pound a penny wise and pound foolish when they cut the 42 minor league teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and to me, one of the signs of hope is when they, uh, they just recently, certified a minor league union for the first time in history the major leagues and they in the contract they're not going to cut any more teams and i hope that's permanent because you can't uh there's no substitute for being out on the field and as one of the scouts told me you got to scout from the moment they leave the bus mm-hmm. and of course you know nowadays because they're kids and they've been surrounded by the new world of of uh, TikTok and everything, so they're they're almost all you know wearing headphones. But but a good scout is going to keep his eyes on everything. And as one of the scouts told me, you have to what he misses so much is the sense of being a teammate. Mm-hmm. And and uh, as uh, and being a teammate means, although human nature tells you that 
if somebody's competing for the same job as you want, you might want to wish them to do not well. <laughs> Being a good teammate means you, you don't either let that show or you 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 hope to learn from it yourself. So there are a lot of delicate things that, that just cannot be measured by video. You just can't make an accurate judgment. I mean, what you mentioned before about the movement of the pitch, <laughs> can he repeat the movement? Right. I mean, Tony, I have the story in the book of Tony Lucadello scouting Mike Schmidt as a shortstop in college and getting clearance from a, 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 a building across the street so he could climb up on the roof and see the angle of which he was both throwing and hitting. You can't see that on video. I mean, it can be a tool, but it's, it's, it, it's a, a tool is not a, um, a substitute for, for eyes and ears scouting. And, and so, um, I just hope that comes back. And I think the good teams like Houston added scouts last year, once the book, after my book went to press and they were the first in laying off advanced scouts and all kinds of scouts. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I hope we see a, a, a change for better, but you know, one of the scouts who's now an official scorer for a minor league team told me, I asked him once, Dennis Sheehan, who uh, was with, with the Rockies and a lot of the Braves and were very well regarded. I asked him what was worth ballplayers making $40 million a year or signing eight-year contracts. And he said both. And, I, and I, he's got a point there. And, of course, you know, I'm, I, I root for the Mets to at least give the Yankees competition in New York. But, I mean, Scherzer and... And Verlander are already breaking down, but I guess better to do it in April when, as opposed to what, like what Scherzer's done lately in, in August or September. So, I, it, 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 you know, it's baseball. I've never, uh, I long ago expect, uh, gave up hope that baseball would be rational as a business. And one of the reasons I turned to scouting is that they are, you're nothing until a scout signs you, number one. And, num and number two, they have to be optimist by their natures. I mean, realists, but optimist. And I dedicate my book to every scout who wrote down what a player could do and not what he couldn't do, uh, because it's the game of failure. And the only way you can see failure and success is in person. And so mm -hmm. to me, it, it, well, argument is so important. I love to argue about this stuff because if Branch Rickey didn't know 45% of the game, I certainly <laughs> don't know 80%. But there are some things you have to say that are definitive. And one of them is that that video alone is not going to develop players. You mentioned about scouts writing down what a player was good at and not what they weren't good at. Something that we try to do on on this show is talk about uh, the upside of players and just kind of assume that they make it and ignore the the fact that like like statistically and likely most prospects aren't going to become professional baseball players. That's just it's a numbers game and that's how it works. When you look at the way different scouts work, how there's different kind of profiles of a scout, there's some that are pickers, some are projection scouts, some are performance scouts. For our listeners who haven't had a chance yet to get the book and are, are planning on, on going out after this and buying the book, can you kind of break down some of those different scouting profiles, how the like how scouts work and 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 
the the thought process behind how they grade some of these players when it comes to projection versus performance and things like that? Well, that you're quoting from the great Tony Lucadello, who mm-hmm. uh, started as a, a player for for the Browns, and then uh, he didn't have much of a major league career, but but he, Phil Wrigley saw him and during World War II and and said, you're going to be a scout because I see how you communicate with players and I see what your comments are. And his four groups were the poor ones who, you know, go to a game. And I was at a high school game yesterday and saw some talent, but boy, it wasn't great competition. And uh, so it's, it's very hard to, you have to see tools and then you have to, you have to project those tools, and that's the hardest thing. I mean, what mm-hmm. and um, uh, the the and his so poor scouts just you know look at outcomes, and those are performance scouts too. You can't. I mean, some of the scouts have said, and, and there's a lot of truth to this, is that when you scout a player, you don't scout the game. I mean, you can't. There's so much happening out there, and you know, mm-hmm. with every pitch, with what is the positioning, what's the concentration of the different players. Uh, so poor and performance are bad. And then the pickers that he didn't like were the nitpickers, what we were saying before. Well, yeah, he he should have hit that pitch. I mean, his feet were out of position. I mean, you'd go to a game with Branch Rickey and he would write down on every pitch eight things that uh, could have been better. Mm-hmm. But the projection one is look, look at the body. Look, you know, look at his, you know, look at his feet. One of the old uh, Philly scouts used to say that 87% of the game is played under the, the waist. So feet is so important. And how do they adjust to the adjustment, the pitcher to the hitter and the hitter to the pitcher? I mean, you talk to any player, I think, who's ever played at the high level. High level. The thing they'll miss the most is that mano to mano that goes on in, in every game. And though those are the ones that... Uh, will rise uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, the old cliche is a 300 hitter may make the, uh, uh, the hall of fame, how he helped, how he dealt with the seven times he didn't get a hit, but did he work the count Did he hit the ball hard and get robbed? I mean, it's all, it's all these things that go into, uh, into assessment. And, and the great organizations are the ones where the, the scouts and the player developers are always on the same page. And the worst organizations, and I'm afraid the history of baseball is filled with them. And to this day, there's backbiting. You know, the scouts will tell the player developer, you know, what did you do to that talent? And the player development, the development guy says, what did you see in him? And, and so, you know, the greatness of Ricky was that he was so aware of the homesickness that can go on in players. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I think the good, the good scouts in all organizations are like that because the game will beat you up. That's another phrase that, that I, I love. I, I learned from a, a, a former catcher for the Columbia program that is really a great program, my alma, alma, alma monitor and he he's now mike defazio is now a high school coach in new jersey i mean there's so many insights that that come out of scouts which is why i wrote the book i mean one other example um uh, uh, julian mock 
who was a scouting uh, boss for Pittsburgh and Cincinnati at the end, also a high school principal in Georgia. And boy, those principals know a lot about young people. And and Mock used to ask a scout before he hired him. And I think it applies to also uh, prospective players. He would ask him four questions. Do you really love this game? Are you willing to work harder than you've ever worked? Are you willing to learn? I mean, are you so stuck in your ways that you're not going to change your stroke or if you're a pitcher, you're not going to adjust your, your position? And the, the last one is just as important. Are you willing to have fun and to laugh every day? Because the thing about this game is not fair, you know, and there are going to be bad breaks. Uh, but uh, it's still every day you strap it on is a special day. and and so that that's where these are all combined and um uh and and that's why i wanted to give homage to these 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 great unrecognized people like one of branch ricky scouts uh well once was uh, called himself a forgotten man but he said how can i be forgotten when i was never known in the first place <laughs> we're going to wrap up our conversation with lee in just a minute but first today's episode is brought to you by our friends with pro baseball gm you've heard me talk about this game for a while now. And if you're not playing, you really need to. If you listen to today's show and you're thinking, you know, the scouting aspect is really fun and interesting, uh, this is the game for you. You can go out, you scout to, uh, to figure out who you want to draft and who you want to sign in free agency. You're not only, we talked about makeup in this interview, you're not only scouting their skills, you're scouting their personalities to figure out how they would manage and fit in with your team. Obviously, you're hiring coaches and staff. You're navigating free agency, the draft, everything like that. And then just dealing with the ups and downs of a season, winning streaks, losing streaks, morale, injuries, things like that. And this is a very challenging but realistic game world. What I love is, one, you can play offline, on the go, as little or as much as you want to. There's nothing that ties into real world time. And then, two, you can make leagues with your friends. So you, if you and a friend have different ideas about what a team should do uh, when it comes to their roster or roster construction, things like that. You can create a league with you and your friends, compete with one another, and talk trash when you beat them. So Locked on MLB Prospects listeners get a 100% free boost to the franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. Make sure to check it out. To download the game, visit ProBaseballGM.com, scan the code on the screen if you're on YouTube, or look it up in the app store. That's probaseballgm.com for the ultimate baseball GM app. Start your dynasty today. We're joined by Lee Lowenfish, writer, baseball historian, author of the new book, Baseball's Endangered Species Inside the Craft of Scouting by Those Who Lived It, out and available wherever you get your books. Uh, Lee, I wanted to ask about the 1965 MLB draft. Obviously, uh, the, very, thus the, the very first free agent amateur draft. You see Rick Monday, the number one overall pick by the Kansas City Athletics. Uh, but that was kind of a, a turning point and a milestone to, to how scouting worked. And, and that kind of changed the world of scouting. Can you tell us more about, about that momentous 1965 draft and, and what it did to the world of scouting? Absolutely. It was a watershed. And, and it was another Rick the year before, Rick Reichardt. Uh, who I got to interview when he went down into the Baseball Hall of Fame, College Baseball Hall of Fame in Lubbock, Texas, a few years ago. When the the whole thing about baseball 
ownership is that under the reserve system, once you signed the contract, you were property for life. I mean, literally for life. And uh, but how do you get talent into the game, especially after World War II, when baseball players came back from the war and you had a boom? But slowly, you know, football began to make inroads and basketball began to in- make inroads. And and where was the baseball town going to come from? And since the, the whole point of the reserve clause in the John Montgomery Ward's 1885 explanation, the, the idea of the reserve clause is to ca- take the manager, the owner, by his throat and keep his hands off his neighbor's enterprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, you come to a point where other sports are beginning to get talent and the, and the owners start f- spending lots of money on unproven college and high school players. And uh, they had that rule in the, from 53 to 57 that the, uh, if you paid a bonus of over 4,000 to a player, you had to keep them on a major league roster for two years. And there were almost 90 in that category. Three of them made the Hall of Fame, the K-Boys, Koufax, Kuhn, Harvey Keen, and Killebrew. But a lot of them were, were wasted money. And, uh, and a lot of them, a lot of the players, including Koufax, actually, who would have learned, would have emerged quicker if he had had some minor league apprenticeship. He had to go to L.A. and really had to, it took him four or five years before he emerged. Uh, they decided we have to, um, uh, we, we, they, they decided that wasn't working. So then the bonus, unlimited bonuses came back. And when Reichert comes out, comes out of Wisconsin as a great basketball, baseball and football player, uh, and he gets 205,000 to sign. And it's a big, we have the story in the book. Uh, the late Bob Wolf does an NBC TV uh, special on the courting of Rick of Rick Reichert and and the Angels and Gene Autry finally give him the big prize. Uh, they decide, well, we got to get this draft in because then every team has uh, only uh, there's only one pick, uh, and you have to wait 19 rounds before you pick again. The old scouts to the to a T didn't like it, and the teams like the Yankees and the Cardinals and the Dodgers. And the Phillies, they they didn't like it, and the Reds, but ultimately was voted because the the bonuses were getting out of hand, and and it and it worked so well in the short run that no bonus was larger than Reichert's for another twenty years when Scott Boris came on the scene. So the draft, old scouts had to deal with it. They didn't like it, but they wanted to stay in the business. But the great line was before the draft, you had to sell the boy on the organization. And there are wonderful stories in my book about how uh, Art Stewart signed Norm Seaburn because uh, his mother was uh, uh, upset that the cookies didn't come out because her oven was on the blink. And Stewart says, we'll put in a new oven in, your, uh, in the contract. And so that's how he signed with the Yankees. And he was a great basketball player too. So th- there was quite a negotiation involved. After 65, you had to sell your organization on the boy. And, and it's gotten now, of course, even more 
uh, extreme since they cut down numbers of the draft. And, it, and, it, and you know, the draft is now a, a TV extravaganza. But again, the successful organizations have thorough, have picks deep in the draft. It's not only the top ones. But if you don't have the money of the Yankees and the Dodgers, or you better not fan on that first round or the second round. Once again, the book is Baseball's Endangered Species, Inside the Craft of Scouting by Those Who Lived It by Lee Lowenfish. Lee, thank you for your time. Thanks for joining the show. Oh, absolutely. Very nice to meet you, Lindsay.